Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. We're very excited to welcome Leah Waybride on the show. She is a composer, a pianist, a recording artist, a teacher, floral artist, wildlife preservationist, and a dreamer. We're going to have her on another show, too, coming up in September, right in time for uh, the fall equinox, because we love wildflowers around here. And if you listen to her newest album, which is called Dreamed, it's out now. Um, you're going to understand that connection between flowers and um, just the land and just the beauty that um, the land is. So check it out. You can go to our website, leahwaybright.com. So welcome, Leah. How are you? I'm doing really well and very happy to be with you today. I'm very, very excited. I'm so glad you're going to come on a show in September because we've got to talk about all things plants. But Nancy and I were listening to your music today and she's like already like, I want to make videos with it, with flowers doing these things. And um, she has a thing about making videos with flowers because they have faces and they do things. And um, I find that your music, yeah, because you listen to it and it is nature to me. That's to both of us. So with it being dreamed as a title, and it's a beautiful, beautiful album, I just feel all kinds of different cycles of nature to be quite honest like I I even feel different seasons and I can feel when like a flower is like hello I'm here I'm coming and this resilience there's a I don't know if this makes sense to people but to me it's personal and I don't like to get opinionated about music because everyone's got their own thing but I felt like the sense of resilience through the album oh that's wonderful to hear because at this time we all need that yeah, we do, right? <laughs> In fact, it was it was pretty much born um, through the pandemic. You know, it was something to do while while in quarantine. So, I, I love that you're picking up on on that vibe. That's perfect. Yeah, it's kind of when and when you think about flowers and plants, like wildflowers, things happen. We've seen wildflowers where they don't maybe grow to their full potential, but they're like, "Hey, I'm here. I'm still doing what I can." You'll see wildflowers growing cracks in the road. And I think there's like a persistence of resilience that comes from that, of nature. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, some of the titles on Dreamed are are actually what some may consider weeds. But I just love the names of those particular wildflowers, like Enchanter's Nightshade. I actually was pulling some today because I really don't want it to spread. But the the name of that flower is, is so... Uh, absolutely enchanting and um also uh awake spring beauty it's just that feeling of everything coming back after being asleep for a while and that's how i felt trying to do this to come out of the pandemic just to bring a little bit of of hope and color and life back and i love your word resilience i think that really sums up something i didn't even realize i was trying to do well, it's interesting being in the pandemic, right? Um, but, you know, some of us, um, well, we still did, we had a shelter in place and for a few months and then we were out on the road and we got to see nature come back through that because mm-hmm. we, were, we were like one of the few people going to parks that were closed because of facilities, which were like, okay, we, we can get around these things. We don't, you know, um, but we, we saw things that I know for listeners who probably heard me say this a thousand times on the show since the pandemic, but we went to places where you go to an overlook and the overlook where you normally drive is grown over with grass and things, you know, where you just normally we've driven over it with It had cars. a chance to, to revive. 
I was mm-hmm. so lucky. I I am um, uh, so fond of wildflowers, as you mentioned, but I was curator of a wildflower preserve that happened to be an island in the middle of the Westchester County's largest private nature preserve, T-Town Lake Reservation, and like everything, it closed up, and the building wasn't available to to anyone, but I was able to keep working like nothing ever happened because I could still go down and unlock the gatehouse and go out over the bridge to the island and, and do my thing like it was any normal time. So I felt very, very blessed to be able to do that and keep wow. keep a certain uh, even keel in my um, day-to-day. Uh, but all of these things fed the the need to want to start sharing some things because life is feeling kind of a little bit fragile and um as are the wildflowers i mean the fact that they're delicate and fleeting i think makes them so very 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 precious and um i wanted to do all i could to to start to share some of my sentiments mm. now this album um is definitely not your first uh, music and flowers have been part of your whole life right um, so yeah, yeah, and and you've got a lot of good friends in music, obviously that also performed with you. And this, like I was saying, oh, just the it's amazing to me how how harmonious everything is in your album, because oh. there's a lot of like okay, so like if you look at a field of wildflowers, there's a lot going on. Like when we went to Mount Rainier National Park, there's a place called Paradise, and this it's in the Squally Valley. And I literally could not, I, I mean, I, I'm, I've seen like super blooms in the desert and, and that's insane too. Because everywhere oh. you look, there's another species. And Lisa, I got to tell you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you got me covered in goosebumps because when I was 16 years old, I took a trip. I've always lived on the East Coast. Well, for a short time, I was in an all-girl band in San Francisco. But um, for the most part, I've always been on the East Coast. And uh, I did a hike at at 16 um, when you don't know what you're going to do with your life, right? And I I hiked Mount Rainier, and I saw wildflowers to my right and snow to my left. And Mm -hmm. my mind went, how can there be flowers when there's snow? And that left such a monster impression on me that, you know, years later, I realized how important these these special, special species be for, uh, you know, the entire planet. So I love that you're you're mentioning that because I kind of forget that that was one of my real um, inspirations to even get involved with flowers, period, um, are the artistic end of, of teaching floral design and doing programs in front of audiences where I'm building things structures and designs and hoping to heaven that it comes out anything like what's in my <laughs> yeah, head because right. I'm doing it live and in person for the one and only time. It doesn't get rehearsed. Um, and then I realized, you know, these things came to me in a box from somewhere else on the planet. And it's more important to me to know what should be under my feet. When I finally was able to own property and take care of a garden, my first garden was this wildflower island, which was a perfect, perfect way to begin to nurture back the earth, even though I grew on a farm and um, there was wildflowers and weeds and all those things around me uh, entirely, Mm -hmm. but we grew all our own food. And I always had a connection to the earth and to, you know, nature and, and the things that we need to sustain and the things that should be growing here that sustain 
the wildlife that have been here for tens of thousands of years that depend on these plants. And if we upend them all and bring in our, our pretty little landscape um, favorites, they don't have what they need. So it was a great education, and Mount Rainier was my uh, starting point, I have to say. At wow, that's so wild, right? And, and And my point with Mount Rainier was the biodiversity of it, right? So when you listen to your album, it's biodiverse and so because you have you have a lot going on which you know prog rock has right it's got a lot a bit yet it's building and it's flowing together and it's so crucial to have the dynamic and the flow and the harmony and so what you've put out of music is harmonious and to me that's amazing because it shows it's like a I i think i have to like play your music we always try to explain biodiversity and so now I think now just go listen to our album oh because gosh. you're hearing this beautiful song. But like for me, just I, I can it's like, oh, this is popping up. Like, you know, when you walk a garden, you walk in the morning, then you walk at the end of the day and it's changed. Like, oh, is this going to bloom today? And then this is poked up and then that spoke up. That's what your music is like to me. It's like everybody raising their little faces, all the little flowers. And every day is different. I found that on Wildflower Island. People would ask me, why are you working here in the winter? And I would say because there are things to see. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's different every day. That's the beauty of nature. We have to come up with a new word that, that ties music and biodiversity together. Music diversity? I don't know. But I, I, I love this um, this link. I even felt when I was doing the floral design stuff that there was a lot of, you know, the, uh, that kind of artistic endeavor carried a lot of um, overlap with music composition because you mm-hmm. have harmony and you have balance and you have color composition. and you have texture and you have mood and you have the expression of really deep, deep scent. And so Ooh. I've always felt that both these things, all these things, um, and I'm looking out the window right now at birds flittering through the trees and, and feeling really, you know, in, in harmony with what's going around me at this moment. And it, it makes me happy. It makes me feel like I belong and they belong and we're all going to make this work. Yeah. And when you listen to your album, that's mm-hmm. what you get. Like it's oh, harmony, gosh. but there's going to be something different you're going to hear each time. And that's what why biodiversity is so important, you know, not for us just as viewers of it, um, but to experience it and to understand like, I mean, who wants to eat the same dish every single day? Like there are some people out there that do that. So I'm not knocking you, uh, those who do that. But right, right. if you ate the same meal every single day and that's all you ate, it's kind of boring. But like nature doesn't want that. Nature is like, oh, we need to have this plant over here. And And if music was just the same thing, like the same three chords. Now, if you're blues, that's different. Um, and they don't just play <laughs> the same three chords either. But it's it's like it 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 takes a master to be able to put it all together so it's it's very like when i look at um beethoven or something like that and listen to their music and how the classical composers have been able to put all these things together all these notes and different and and so that's what's interesting about what you've done is like that needs to just go and be played in an orchestra i mean that's insane you've you've managed to make it all work that, I would be scared to do what you did. Like, oh gosh, no. <laughs> it would be daunting. But I, I'm with you because even when I, I mean, like, I've lived every note, but still when I listen to the the, the album, I still call it an album, um, it's, uh, yeah. it reveals different things to me each time. It's, 
And and one of the nicest things my producer bassist guy said to me, and and it left a lot in my my mind and my heart. He said, you know, this is a little bit like everything you've ever heard, and like nothing you've ever heard. Oh, I, like, I think he's okay. right. I don't okay. Because <laughs> I'm always asking, what, kind of, what kind of music do you do? And I I don't know. I don't know. Just, oh, I love that. Out. Yeah, exactly. I the well, we're the big blend because you can't. I mean. It, because biodiversity is diversity in life is key, right? So you can't. You, it is life. It is life. Yeah. So your music, I can't say what I can't say. It's classical. I can't say it's prog rock. I can say it's beautiful. Enjoy it. I mean, and it's. I think. I think what he was saying. You know, how I would take it for me, like, is that it's it, when you you can step right into it. Like you can listen immediately without straining to listen. And that's really hard for people to listen to new music is like, it shouldn't be work. It should, you know, it should grasp you in some way. Think of it's work for the listener. Like to me, I'll, I'll work for it. You know, new music is always exciting, but um, people are used to their favorite songs. And that's why bands have to play cover songs all the time. You know, it's like, this is what thing every day. (laughs) Exactly. Here we are like, seriously. And everyone's very tired of me talking about hotel California being played across the country on every radio station, but it's a really true thing. Eventually you hate the song. It's not the song's problem. It's a well done song. Very, very well crafted song and well played and recorded and everything. There's nothing wrong with that song, but now I can't stand it because it's the same thing. So biodiversity, musical diversity, um, but you're doing musical diversity in that even just the, the notes and the music itself, um, it's got a strong, there's got melodies, right? But if I hear jazz in there, I hear a little bit of everything, but that makes it exciting, but you make it flow. And I don't think very many people can pull off that kind of flow. That's, that's, oh, wow. I don't know. You know what I mean? Oh. It's a channel. I don't know how to explain well, I it. I have but... help. I, ha- I have excellent. Oh, you have some good people on your album. My oh, gosh. I do. I do. In fact, it, it's it's a thrill because I feel like I wasn't even in the delivery room when some of these parts were done because I couldn't like imagine. I don't let do what you do. Do anything you want. I'll get back to you. know, I just open open it up to whatever these guys happens they're all guys whatever they want to do they can do and i have very little um you know way to say that's not good because it always seems to just fall right in place like like nature it's i'm well, really yeah. lucky and blessed it's you amazing. plant the seeds you planted I plant the seeds the seeds yeah and now i gotta sow what i reap <laughs> Um, but it's interesting because of what you were saying about the different um, genres, I I have no idea what I am. I, I like to lean toward the prog rock thing because that's my favorite yeah. kind of genre. But I was certainly raised on classical and teach that. And um, oh wow, goodness, I am being so you can write music like, then, write and read and write music. Oh you yeah, have to yeah. For in this. fact. With all my students, I, I really feel like, because every parent in the world wants their kid to learn piano, especially if there's one sure. in the house. Yeah, piece of furniture, we got to use that. So I find that very, very often I'm teaching them how to read music because they go on to do a different instrument, which is more social and not as solitary as sitting at a piano by themselves. Mm-hmm. But I always teach the, the little youngsters, row, row, row your boat, because that musical form of a round 
is very um, compelling as a teaching instrument for timing and, and listening. And I'll tell them, you are learning the most important song in the world. And they'll look at me sideways and I'll go, you'll know when you get to the last line of the song. I'll give you That's a minute. Because life is but a dream, you know? See? Ah, uh, see, so you got, there it is, the dream. So, in, and we get to who's on the album with you because I, I just want, the the flute work is incredible. And then some of the strings, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So the, you know, the musicians you've worked with on here are incredible, but I want to kind of backtrack to the beginning of your musical journey. I mean, obviously you, you grew up on, on a farm near in Gettysburg, right? With, so there's Gettysburg, the battlefield. Um, yeah. Nancy and I went there during the pandemic and we, we, mm-hmm. you know, we were so excited and then overwhelmed. We went to um, Eisenhower's farm. And yes. I understood I why he wanted to for, for... um, um <laughs> uh, uh, what do you call it? Fashion shows there. I you played play fashion them. shows at Eisenhower's farm. I did. seriously. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I get, you played back. And so they around. would strut on the catwalk in a, on a farm. I don't like... remember. I don't. Remember. I was a kid. Wow. I don't remember. You were a kid. Okay. Wow. Wow. That's but amazing. I did meet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He voted with my parents. Voted. Um. So. It, it was. It's a small town. It's a great hometown because it's stuck in 1863, so it's not ever going to really change or grow or evolve much beyond what it is. There is a lot of sprawl. I know the farms around my parents' farm uh, are all now golf courses and uh, mega mansions, and you know that's depressing. But it, it's a very interesting hometown. It's very stirring. I have a lot of strong feelings about Civil War and. Mm. Stuff going on. We 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 were we went to Eisenhower. We were staying at a bed and breakfast. Georgia's on York in Tawny Town, and That's um, where my sister lives. Oh wow, wow! Now this is a cool couple that owns this bed and breakfast, and and he he's all like, he amazing chef, but he's like knows every inch of Gettysburg, and he's like, you got to do this hike, you got to go, you got to go do this. And here, you know, it was still the pandemic time, but it was just when people were like released. <laughs> so I like to say you yeah. were released. And it was like this just, it was almost a shock to our system when we were there, just being there. And we had done so many shows on Gettysburg uh, with the National Parks Conservation Association with different um, organizations. And then artists and residents, they stayed in the Klingle House, I think, Klingle or Klingman House. Klingle House, there's a peach tree there and supposedly haunted. And um, it was an artist residency where people through the National Parks Arts Foundation where they're allowed to stay in there for a month and create in Gettysburg. And so we were finally there and there were throngs of people and people just, it it was like, even when we went to the cemetery and and see all these graves of unmarked graves and it was, we just went to the pit. We, we did all the stuff except for going to cyclorama and there was just so many people and they were walking over things that they shouldn't. And we went to the picnic area, sat down had a sandwich and yes, we did have a glass of wine because we like to picnic with wine. Because if you're going to have wine, have it in nature, right? So sorry, but oh, we did. Good. Don't tell the park yeah. rangers. And we oh, watched these giant, I think, pileated woodpeckers, the big ones, the really yes, big ones, yes, yes, yes. Oh, and wow. cardinals. And so that afternoon, we were so overwhelmed with emotion there. In it's Gettysburg. a very overwhelming place. It, um, it, there's a Insanely. lot of emotion there. Uh, my very first flower gigs, you might say, were when I was in elementary school, and we used to have to carry flowers 
in the uh, Memorial Day parades and such, and I would have armloads of things from my grandmother's garden to put on all those graves that were just numbers. And, you know, wow. it's, it's wow. powerful. It's like anywhere there's a flag, honey, put a flower. Anywhere there's a flag. And it was just wow. like endless. And then later on, the graves there being dug for uh, the Vietnam War because Arlington got oh. full, you know. So it, it's very Ooh. powerful. It's very stirring. It's um, And then later, you mentioned the cycle around. I used to play a lot of... Uh, uh, orchestra and band gigs and stuff where we, you know, Battle Hymn of the Republic is going to make me weep every time I ever hear it wow. for the rest of my life. Wow. Because it, it just stirs that up in me. That whole, And I think Candlewink, the first song on Dreamed, the, a little bit of the Civil War shows up uh, at the end of that with the piccolo and the drums and, and what mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, that kind of era of music. I It wasn't intentional. My flute player brought it out. I kind of said, Hey, can you do you have a piccolo? He's like, oh yeah. I said, great. Just pull that one out for a few minutes, and uh, I was just overcome with what became of that ending of that song because it brought Gettysburg into the into the uh, music. And that's funny too because that song was inspired. It was one of the first songs I ever wrote. And in high school, we were in chemistry class. I give thanks on the album to my chemistry class, Gettysburg chemistry class. Because we had to stare at a Bunsen burner and then write down all our imaging and, and thoughts about that. And the few Ooh. of us over a, you know, one period of school came up with close to 200 different things that we saw watching that flame. And I was touched by how there was uh, a consistency but an, also an ever-changing thing going on with a flame. And that's why I called the song Candlewink because I wanted to have a song that developed and kept changing but still had a constant thread. Um, yeah, probably the first, second or so song I ever, ever wrote as a, as a teenager. So that, that's Gettysburg right there, I got to tell you. Wow, that's amazing. When, you know, when I think of that, um, Gettysburg, you know, and you going and putting flowers on the unmarked graves, there's a poet, Lisa Samia, that was just there. She's been on our show a few times, and she writes poems um, to give voices to the voiceless. And she was just in Gettysburg because it's celebrating 106, well, not, I don't know how to say celebrating 160 years, but um, yeah, I mean, that's growing up there, you really understand the cycle of life, not just with nature, because it's a beautiful, natural spot, right? But there's the life and death. And then the music side of it with Civil War music to me is really interesting. Um, Even Ry Cooter did some interesting stuff. that just kind of harkens back to it. I know you did Jesse James, which is a little different era, but there's some interesting um, roots music. And we often forget that classical and war music is actually part of our roots music. And I always think about, you know, like taps, right? Like um, that was co-written. We were in Erie, Pennsylvania, but the Hagen Oh my gosh, the Hagen Historical Society. It's in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, Hagen House. And one of their exhibits, here's the guy that was in the Civil War and it tied back to Gettysburg. We had just been to Gettysburg. Now we're in Erie, Pennsylvania. And then they had this whole Civil War section. And one of the guys there, and and I'm going to get this wrong, but I have it on a recording somewhere that we've aired. So sorry, people, but this is the general story is one of the Erie, Pennsylvania people, guys, that were serving the Civil War 
and is obviously, you know, when you go to Gettysburg, you have memorials for all the different states and who fought and um, was there. Um, he was there, but they were, he was responsible for taps. Amazing. Which I never, never knew. That. I always thought taps was from England for some reason. Maybe it's. Just I, I would th- think it would have been older. My parents yeah. restored a house that's right on the Mason Dixon line, and it happens to be a bed and breakfast with a Gettysburg address. Um, but oh, wow. it's half in Maryland and half in Pennsylvania, and it was built in the 1740s. So it was a hundred years preceding uh, the Civil War, and um, when they did a reenactment there to celebrate the uh, a big anniversary for that home um it was actually the french indian war that they were reenacting which oh, surprised wow. me. i thought for sure they were going to do a civil war reenactment i had no idea that it, it it tied back that far back but it was really important uh for the underground railroad it was right along the creek where the um Potomac and the Monocacy Rivers begin. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Monocacy, um, yeah. We went to Monocacy, the battlefield there, and it's still, I, Gettysburg, like, really impacted me, but Monocacy, and I'm glad you said it before me, because I, I still butcher the name of that. Um, I keep <laughs> saying Monocacy, but whatever. But Monocacy, that when, I, I can't get past, like, here you are owning this farm, and obviously you're going to understand this this history, right? You own this farm, you're tilling it. You're working with your family. You're hardworking, right? You know, dust and on and all bullets. I mean, bullets, know. but they they fought yeah. on your land. And Monocacy, there's this one house and barn, and there was slavery going on there too. Even though we didn't think it was all the way up there, it was. Um, and the moms were hiding their kids downstairs while the battle went out on your own farm. And the next morning, there's all these bodies on your farm that you would wake up and normally tend to. Like that's some crazy stuff. Like when you think about it, like yeah, well, my there is no running to a shelter, you know. She runs. It's it's a shameless plug, but the the house is called Mary Penn because it's right on the line, and it is a bed and breakfast. And she's done a beautiful um, uh, uh, memorial, you might say, to the slaves. And she has a little. She's got the shackles that still hang there, which is scary no and terrible. But but she also has some of their toys and and the different things of their their lives um, on display there. So it's kind of turned into a, a really cool museum as well. And um, yeah, oh, we need to go next time we go. Honestly, Mary I'm not Penn. kidding. We, let's do it. We'll we'll, we'll do it. I we'll, we're going to have to talk after this show. But let's go back to your okay. music too. But going back yeah. to Civil War music and tying it into Candlelight. Um, what do you? Could you imagine being the drummer boy in like that goes out there, the little kid that goes out there in a war and they just put him out there in the little flute players and, and just in the, in these wars, when someone goes out, like they put kids in the wars doing that. Could you imagine doing that? I I have so many stories of things that happened in my hometown. I, I can't even begin. But, um, yeah, that's that's rough. That's, that's, um, but you know, it's the power of music. It's whatever it did to calm or to send a message, you know, it was important. So I'm sure that kid felt the, um, he did something that was his role of of his role. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. But uh, now your album is called dreamed. So do you, I I believe very strongly in the power of dreams and visualization. And I don't think visualization is just, you know, empty thoughts at all. And, you know, that's just my own personal opinion. 
always have to say that. <laughs> but do, when with your music, do you literally do you dream about it? Like, tell us about the the title "Dreamed." And okay, um, well, um, that, that's funny uh, that you should ask that because um, I have been thinking about that someone might ask me that, and I have to say, my, my one of my favorite prog rock bands is Happy the Man, the guitarist and the bassist on mm-hmm. not only "Dreamed" but my previous. Um, collection called Beauty Gone Wild. Everybody, I love that I title, the by the way. I got Beauty the band back together. Beauty. That's all yeah, about you flowers. go, girl. But uh, we can talk about that another time. Anyway, um, they have a, a, one of their rare um, vocal tunes is called uh, Wind Up Doll Day Wind. And there's a line in that song about um, the web of a dream. Oh, oh gosh, how does this go? Um, the web of a dream placed next to real, the real, each the barter for the other. And I often, and maybe you do too, have moments of deja vu, um, intuitive feelings where I have to actually take pause and wonder, did I dream that or did that really happen? Um, every friend I have lives with a gift I've made for them of a particular flower that I call dream flowers that is scattered under their beds on a tray. It's edible herb. It's nothing too toxic. And it just helps to generate lucid, vivid, um, strong dreams. Tripping. And <laughs> I'm hoping to actually merchandise that in coordination with this album. Well, but, um, so, yeah, I do find it to be very important. Um, and I actually, as I said, sometimes wonder if I imagined it, if I dreamt it, or if it I really did do Went into a different I, life. Yes, I don't know. That's what I always trip. I always wonder, like, was I, like, astro-traveling? I'm not meaning to get trippy, sure. but I, I, I no, why no, not? No, I'm with you. Yeah, you I mean, because must... there's dreams, like, you, you wake up and it'll take me, like, an hour to, like, I need to drive or I need to go. I've got a recording or something. I'm like, dude, like, that yes. was too real for it not to be real, man. And, and I don't dream always work, rem- I've always mm-hmm. changed life. Dreams have changed my personal life, 100%. Okay. Like, mm, I won't always remember dreams, and then I'll be do so- doing something in my day, and it'll come right back to me. That happened. That, I just had that in my dream, and it, I would have lo- lost it forever and always, but something in my day triggered it once again. Um, so... I find it to be mm. a, a real Im- important part of, like I said, life is but a dream, the most important song. Um, mm. Do you, think, do you think that our dream dreams, like, it's kind of like this other side, like, like I, well, I feel like the indigenous people of the world, yes. um, of like, of here, and, you know, I, I lived in, and grew up in, in Africa, and, and um, oh my. so... The people that are indigenous to the land, like you know what I mean. Here we are now in society that travels the world, and you know we do jet set here, do that, do that. But when you're really connected to the land, and you like watch a fire, like I've seen people in fire, like people are gonna go, like, what were you smoking? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> but there's a connection with um, if you look in tri- different tribes around the world, dreaming and visions are a huge part of life and usually come true. 
And I wonder about that. Like, have we lost that connection to that inner thing that we as society don't because we have to wear pretty dresses and high heel shoes, you know? Um, I wish Nancy was on here with me right now because she's like already like, "Mm -mm, we're not wearing that. Um, (laughs) Nor am I, I must say. No, no, no. Um, But but we became the society thing. And so we lost one of our senses. You know, we have the six senses. Well, I think we have far more that are untapped. And if we allow those kinds of explorations of our dreams and open up to it, that we can, it's, it's another form of communication and being more connected with the outside and inner world, basically. Did I make sense at all? (laughs) It does totally. I mean, I'm hoping that the whole, the reason I titled this um, collection carries that whole promise um i know sigmund freud said that um each dream is a wish um Mm. so it makes you wonder you know why don't we just keep keep looking deeper and 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 trying harder and and all those things that occur to us and don't occur to us in our waking state um it's important i really do believe it so i I do have um it's kind of cool the daughter of my horn player on both collections beauty gone wild and dreamed has put together a really fun video that will be released with the release of of dreamed um it's going to be on youtube and all over i hopefully um of the song dream prince and i i like i tell all the musicians i work with i also uh wanted her to understand do whatever you want I would like it to just feel like dreams, you know, whatever, like fingerprints, dream prints, whatever that uh, uh, evokes in in your um, filmmaking background and and uh, artistry, go for it. And I think she she did. You you said the word trippy, so I uh, have to mention it. <laughs> it well, is- no, but I love that because I'm I'm going to send you some things after this. But um, the the reality of this is like you're it's a this is a kind of really cool life lesson is you know i'm a virgo perfectionist which is really annoying but i get stuff done through it organizational mm-hmm. brain right however sure. when i let it all go like i really do and then like you won't hear from me for days i'm off in the woods so like the the part of the societal thing i was talking about right is control and nature already has its cycles and knows its controls and its things. And there's life and death all the time in nature, which people go, oh, no, this animal killed something. And, you know, I I can watch an animal kill. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. And I feel bad for the animal getting killed. Right. And, and like in Africa, you'd watch a cheetah take down uh, an impala or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not callous, but you living that way you understand the cycles like praying mantis eat other animals and black widows and all of that right that's how it you know watch we do you care when a bald eagle takes out a fish like you i care about the fish like oh that was your now but then you're on to another journey right you're you're now food and that means you're moving on so energy never dies but transforming it's it's yeah it's transforming beings I actually right. have a song on dreams called Sunwise. Oh, I gonna love open, it. It's going to open my website. Um, and that, a, you know, a couple of musicians with Sunwise, I'm like, yeah, it's like clockwise. It's like you go every year you go around the sun one more time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I came up with that title. I actually tend to name my songs according to the moment I write them and whatever sort of um, 
release I need at that time or prayer I need to make at that time. So it's most often a title that ties me back into uh, a particular uh, thing going on with me. But mm-hmm. but Sunwise to me is exactly what you're um, tr- conveying that that things are cyclic. And, it's cy- they're uh, cyclic, but it's also like this control thing, like what you're doing with the band, saying do what you want. Here's my composition, right? Here's yeah, here's what I've come skeleton. up with. You yeah. do yeah, you do what you do best, right? And giving, not controlling it, because it's tr- like basically nature has the control, no matter how we look at it. Look at climate; nature's going to control. And so, when you when you and it's cyclical, like you're saying, and, and it's going to change. The cycles will change because that's also part of nature. Nature is constant change. But when you let go of control, that that's where, where why you have wildflowers instead of like now we're going to perfectly manicure your lawn. And make it square. Take those dandelions out. You know, no dandelion wine for you. Um, So when when you release control, you allow art to grow. And if you try to box it in, you're gonna like you're you're boxing in this. You're boxing in the spirit, which is necessarily it's not good. You know what I mean? So I think that's what's probably really cool with your music is that you're letting people do their best, and that's a life lesson of control. And that's hard to I, say since I'm a Virgo. Like that's what you I know. I haven't with. even thought about that, but I just figured I would get the best out of the whole experience, and everybody would have their most fun. And I want always everything done, like especially that. with other folks, to just always be fun. Um, Ooh, or why, yeah. why bother? <laughs> yeah, why yeah. It's, you know, joy and fun. Well, flowers give joy, right? And trees and nature. Um, I want to. I want to give a shout out to everybody that uh, is on your album. Um, Gary Blue. Um, is so he was doing the flutes, right? And and the clarinet. He does flutes, clarinet, saxophones. Um, and and oh, he did what? the piccolo. And piccolo. And I hope I'm not leaving out anything. I tried to get him to do oboe, but he was like, uh, I don't really do the double reeds. I'm like, that's fine. Um, so you got Rick Kennel. Yes, he's he did the strings. I'm so glad you enjoy those. He likes to orchestrate. He's the bassist. He's like enlivens my left hand, um, right there, that side of my heart. It's real important. Mm. Mm. And then uh, and percussion too. Well, look, look, yeah. strings and piano are all construct uh, construction percussion, right? Um, when you think about percussion. it. Yeah, uh-huh. it is true, actually, when it comes to the foundation and yeah, bases foundation uh, with the drummer. So that that makes sense. And then Stanley Whitaker. Um, so he's guitar, right? He's, he does guitars on, on a handful of the songs. Yes. And then Mark Wood is doing the violin on Sunwise and, and he did an amazing yeah, job on that, amazing. too. He, he's he's wood violins almost. I, I hope I'm not wow. overstepping, but I think if you ever see an electric violin on on stage, it's a mark. It's a wood violin. It's he he's definitely I think uh, uh, one of the best in the world. And I was lucky and blessed to have all of these guys come come to the game. Did you always play piano? Was that the first thing yes. for you? Yes. Mm. And then um, I don't know if you've seen the picture in the album. It's going to be on the website for those who stream because who 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 listens to CDs? I don't know. But I, I do. I'm like it's my I don't know. I'm I'm nine years old, maybe holding a sax, 
I saw I that. That's why I was asking. Okay. Yes, yes. So I, I, I wanted to be in the band, and in school they were like, I wanted to play something that was easy for me to carry and light and feminine and da-da-da-da-da and um, talk about control. Uh, the band uh, leaders teacher said, uh, we don't have any more of those instruments to rent out. We don't need any of that. And my mother tells me that my grandfather's sax is living in the attic. Oh, we, we could use an alto sax. So guess what? Decision made. I was playing sax. And it wasn't really my favorite best first thing. Uh, I, I, I did okay with it. I mean, I enjoyed it. But I had a chance then later to um, get my hands on um, a relative's flute that wasn't being used, so I taught myself the flute. I played that. I played sax in band, flute in orchestra. I played the piano for the for the chorus and the choir and the organ in the church. Um, and then all during this time, I also taught myself guitar, just folk cool. acoustic guitar, and I would do the uh, the lame folk singer thing for a while. Mm-hmm. But piano was always my, my main study, and I went to um, school to be a piano major. Wow. And then, you know, to be able to write it and then teach it, and, you know. And, and from the piano, you, and, and I feel that way, too, about the guitar. You can go from either instrument and, and you know, go after other instruments, you know, and start learning those, too, and understand them. Um, there's something cool about a piano because there is that percussive. Side something of it. cool, and, but as I as I mentioned before, and one of the reasons a lot of my students um, progressed away from it is it's very solitary. You have to be, and I think the fact that I grew up on the farm, I learned right away. If I'm reading a book or I'm practicing the piano, they aren't going to make me do too many chores. They're going to like, oh, she's doing that. Let her do that. She's, you know, that's what she wants to do. That's good. She doesn't have to kill herself in the garden or whatever. Um, but. Uh, in a lot of ways, like even teaching myself the, the guitar so I could play folk songs and, and be uh, singing with groups, youth groups mm. and stuff, it, it's more social. Piano is quite solitary. It, it, um, it's hard for yeah. a lot of personalities to really want to, um, I think, take that on, honestly, especially these days. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think about, like, you remember, like, the you know, the piano singer, right? One person in a bar playing in, you know... Obviously, Elton John, I'm not Elton, what's his name? Billy Joel did it so well, like the piano man, you know, just singing there and, and having to put on a show, one person show, you know, I always look at that. It's like it, it's, there's one thing to, to be a good um, musician and singer, but then you have to perform. And if you don't have a band with you and you're doing it on your own, I'm, I'm, I'm always giving extra kudos to those who are carrying all of that. And, you well, know, um- it's hard, but it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's like a I whole kind different of experience. felt like I never really had anything to say with words, so I wasn't about to start getting into the lyric side of things, but I did nurture a lot of these songs as a, a person who would play the coffee houses and, and want to sit there mm-hmm. for a few hours and play all my own original music and not repeat myself, so that's why I have a pretty good uh, catalog of stuff that I've written, because I would want to have a couple of hours worth of music that was all just me, no cover songs. I think the only cover tune I ever really did was uh, Where Have All the Flowers Gone? I did my Oh, no kidding. Yeah, right. That yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah. I, I riffed on that a little bit, but I just, I I wanted to just kind of be background and just entertain, I mean, be like uh, a, a mood, a vibe kind of thing. Mm. So that led me to, to write a lot um, mm. during certain periods of when I had time to do that. And yeah, that's, that's why I'm especially, you know, when we were 
COVID quarantined, I thought, I have all this stuff. Let's let's try to work on some things. That's cool. It had been a so, long time since my first piece, my first uh, recording. I mean, you said you got the band back together. Did you record it together? Like, or did it, like, did you just, uh, how did no, you make all, it flow? Wow. Well, be, back to the quarantine thing. It was all, um, how did we make it flow? Well, well everybody now um, can exchange audio files. And do it yeah. in the comfort of their own studios. Mark Woods in Tucson, Stanley's in Virginia, uh, Maryland. Oh, Mark uh, Woods, that's that's where we we lived. It was Tucson, and that's where our storage unit actually. is. <laughs> well, Wood Guitars is still in Long Island, and we got to know him when he lived here in New York. But they, oh. they moved out there. Um, and uh, let's see, Gary's in Connecticut. We did go to his studio to do the flutes live uh, and and engineer that. You know, from his home studio. Uh, but no, it was all done on an individual basis. I'll do my part, then you'd add this, then you add this, then you add this, and oh, it was layered. Wow. It was it's a modern day thing, but it's not artificial intelligence. It's it's all performed. It's, yeah, but, that's a that's an important thing to say these days, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Well, I love it. I love how it came out. It's beautiful, and uh, everybody, go get it. Go to. Leah Waybright, and that's B-R-I-G-H-T, leahwaybright.com. And, of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. The album is called Dreamed, and you can get it everywhere. It's out now. So thank you so much, Leah. It's been a true pleasure, and we look forward to having you back on our Nature Connection show in September so we can kick off the solstice talking about plants. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. 